Developments in popular culture were arguably predicted by the French philosopher and cultural theorist Jean Baudrillard in his book, America, in which he talks about the infantilization of society. Put simply, this is the idea that as a society, we are kept in a state of arrested development by dominant forces in order to keep us more pliant. We are more passionate about the things that occupied us as children as a means of drawing our attentions away from the things we should really be invested in. Inequality, corruption, economic injustice, etc. It makes sense that when faced with the awfulness of the world, the harsh realities that surround us, our instincts, is to seek comfort. And where else were the majority of us comfortable than our youth? A time when we were shielded from painful truths by our recreational passions, the toys we played with, the games we played, the comics we read... There was probably more discussion on Twitter about The Force Awakens and the Batman vs. Superman trailers than there was about the Nepalese earthquake or the British general election. Those are some of the words from Simon Pegg. Total hypocrite, because he's like the nerd master general, and he's in like 50 different franchises. We'll talk about some of his fine work and more this week on Top Gen Thursdays with us, John Lemmy. John Otney. Colin Westman. Matt Kirsten. So going it's high, going highbrow this week. I appreciate it since can't imagine there will be too much of that going forward. But I hope so. I hope you guys can <laughs> make this interesting because I don't know how invested I'll be in it. Well, you're just too fucking cool, aren't you? I'm so cool. I know. You like think you're not, but you are. Yep, it's true. <laughs> Wait, thank you? <laughs> for the record, uh, the idea for this week's podcast was yours, Colin. It's true. Well, you know, I guess, should we just announce it now that we're getting towards the end of Top Ten Thursdays? Because we no, are. No, let's keep... <laughs> no, we are. Who cares? <laughs> But no, I just figured we're getting towards the end, so we should do a, the big ones, ones that are important and maybe a little more broad, like top ten movie franchises. So I figured, plus it's like Nancy's bread and butter. Just yeah, just, no joke. Just, just hand him a Un- podcast. Universe is well. That's funny because the universe idea is a pretty new one. Um, I guess we'll talk about it on a, on a per franchise basis, but uh, since I did the brunt of the uh, nominating this week, uh, I will say that my criteria was only that it had to be um, movies with a similar name that had at least four movies in their series. So I feel like four... Like three is a trilogy. You could you could always make the case that you're like trying to tell a story, 
Once you get to four, though, like you have to admit you've gone past artistic integrity and you've moved into we need to make money, right? Like everyone can agree with that, right? Yeah. Like maybe it's tied into the fact that movies are built around the three act structure, and it feels like after the third act of the series, things should be done. I don't know, just a theory. I don't know. It takes a lot to to make a movie and to make three movies. I feel like you got to run out of ideas eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, here's a list of twenty franchises that. Uh, did their best to not have that happen and uh i think we've got a pretty good interesting first one to talk about and that's the alien franchise you guys heard of this one (laughs) alien i know all about alien why don't you tell me something about it well alien was the child of one dan o'bannon and ronald shusett when they're going to uh usc and they originally called it star beast which I think is a way better title. <laughs> Could you imagine if there was Star Beast and then Star Beasts and then Star Beast Resurrection? And Star rest- Beast versus Predator. And a restaurant called Star Beast. <laughs> and, and so Dan O'Bannon kind of well, got to start working with right got to start working with John Carpenter and they did a sci-fi movie called Dark Star. He's like, we should do a sci-fi movie, but actually make the aliens scary. And so they wrote burn. Alien. That's a burn. Well, Dark Star was a comedy. So. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I but anyways, don't really know I don't know about that movie either. <laughs> at some at some point, it, it landed in the hands of like Ridley Scott and uh, like Walter Hill and David. Killer. I think those those latter two guys like rewrote it a bunch and made it like way darker. And then they got a bunch of HR Giger crazy shit in there and made Alien, which really wasn't like anything else back then. I mean, it's so much darker. It's like gothic sci-fi. I think it's worth noting that Alien doesn't happen if it's not for Star Wars. Probably like, not. Like after Star Wars came out, there was a rush by all the other studios to get their own big sci-fi blockbuster out there. And Alien was probably the luckiest of all those ones to get picked up and made it's funny because i feel like alien launched a bunch of knockoffs it's like the next wave of oh now we gotta rip off this movie that'd be so cool or or like just do movies kind of inspired by that in space with like a monster but no one like ever quite matched this one i mean just on like a technical scale and like how scary it was and uh, they took it some interesting places. Like the second one's like a totally different movie. It's action, but it still works. Yeah, that's what I think is cool about the Alien franchise is that every single movie in it, or at least the main four, um, are kind of emblematic of the directors that were brought on for each individual one. Uh, you got the the Ridley Scott horror movie, which I mean, I guess Ridley Scott isn't like the master of terror, but uh, it it ha- it has that like um, really detailed, fleshed out world that I think you associate with a Ridley Scott movie. Everything is very dense when when he's behind the camera, and then you have the James Cameron one, where it's just like as big as a spectacle as you could get out of Alien and. 
I don't know. What, how do you guys feel about the third and fourth Alien movies? I've never seen Well, that. the third one, like, it kept changing, like, all the time. And David Fincher, he got hired on to do it, but he hates it and has disowned it. And so that one's kind of represents a, a whole mess of crazy ideas. If um, I don't know if it represents one person's vision. There's, like, good ideas in it, I think. Yeah. But it also pisses me off because... It really like if you like aliens, then it like really like ruins the ending of that movie and really? how it carries oh, over. Yeah. It's totally totally bullshit. <laughs> and as for Alien Resurrection, I feel like that is kind of representative a little bit of the director that uh oh, you know that guy what's his name the French guy Jean Pierre Janou. yeah who did like Delicatessen and like City of Lost Children like his stuff's like really like, Amelie. I mean, that's probably the one. It's probably not quite in the same company, but yeah. Like usually, that stuff's like very European and like weird. That's kind of how I feel about Alien Resurrection. It's a Joss Whedon script too, doesn't it? Sure does. It's got strong female characters, so I guess that's his addition. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, that one like die. looks kind of interesting, but it's also kind of stupid. I don't think three or four are like really bad. Uh, they're just compared to the other ones. They just they lack so much, I, and they're kind of I just they feel kind of directionless. It's funny because Alien Three is is at the very least it feels like a a way to shut down the franchise, and then they just went and made Alien Resurrection anyway. They're like, ah, oh, just like cloning and weird bullshit's gonna happen, and that we'll just make a movie about that. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a lot of other movies where they kill off a main character and then they just clone him for the next one if they want to make another one. <laughs> That's an option. It does enable that sweet, you know, kill me clone scene. In that it's movie. pretty gross. Although yeah. I feel like every alien movie has a scene where someone's like, kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's like their throwback. <laughs> their recurring gag, if you will. I bet there's something like that in AVP. Haven't you saw the second AVP? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. (laughs) Remember, I saw it, and then I went outside of the theater, and there's like the CIA was everywhere because (laughs) George Bush was staying across the street (laughs) at the Marriott. And I was like, the CIA or the Secret Service? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. All sorts of guys. We didn't know what George Bush was up to back then. The whole operation. The secret cops. That's my memory of AVP. Never saw the second one, and um, I don't know if we we're including like Prometheus or like Spaceballs. <laughs> Same universe. It's got John Hurt. It's got a character from the movies. Mm-hmm. In the other movie. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't make sense if if we're considering that canon because <laughs> <laughs> he somehow survived. And they just cloned him. Maybe they cloned him. <laughs> they cloned him, but they didn't like hold on to him like they do with Ripley. They're like, ah, eh, get out of here. Maybe they're testing it for Ripley. So, um, what do you guys think of Alien as a franchise, though? Is it one of the great franchises in cinematic history? Or is it more Probably. Alien 1 is fantastic and Alien 2 is pretty sweet? I think that's what it is. That's what it is. 
But I remember why I've only seen it once, but I remember Alien Two being like I wasn't really that about it. Really? You weren't into aliens and all the flamethrowers and explosions? I just like I I had seen the first one first and I really liked the first one. And the second one was not the same. I think the thing is, Aliens seems a little more generic by today's standards because there's a lot of films that have kind of imitated it. Yeah. Whereas Alien still kind of feels like like something unique. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that have ripped off the James Cameron approach to sci-fi. So. Oh, and especially the James Cameron approach to doing a sequel, the like bigger, better, yeah. more was badass that, approach. Was that before or after Terminator 2? I mean, it was before. It before. He's perfecting his craft. This was like the mid-80s. Yeah. We were still figuring out sequels back then. <laughs> Hadn't quite perfected it like we have now. Um, but I'm going to bump Alien. I think as a franchise, it went on too long and maybe shouldn't have been a franchise. Even though the second one's pretty sweet. Uh, the next one we wanted to talk about was the Batman franchise. Which one are we starting with? The 60s one? I don't think that counts as a film franchise. It's not connected to the other ones? It's just kind of out there. Uh, But that's a funny movie. Do you consider all four part of the first, like, storyline? I don't know. I don't know. Are we just talking about the, the most recent ones? Yeah. Oh. I thought we were talking about all of them. It's a franchise. Yeah, okay. So well, I mean, I, but I feel like you got to break them up into groups. Like, you know. So there are three groups for Batman. There's the 60s comedy one that's way out there. And and I guess you could group with, within that, like, isn't there like a silent Batman movie? Or like a <laughs> super early on Batman movie? Like... I don't think we need to worry about that. Joking around Batman movies. We have no idea what it is or like, if it even exists. So. People not do, not doing their <laughs> jobs. Batman movies. And uh, <laughs> then there were the the 90s Bat, Batman, 80s and 90s Batman, uh, mm-hmm. where they, the James Bond style, they recast Batman every time, uh, except for the first two. And then there's the, uh, I guess they, they call it the Dark Knight Trilogy of the aughts. So we're just talking about this then. Or at least we're putting most of our emphasis on that. Well, I feel like that's where it belongs because those are the three good ones yeah. that look like they'll stand the test of time. Like, I've, I feel like Tim Burton Batman just gets worse every year. <laughs> Do you feel differently? No, just when I heard franchise, I assume you got to take the bad ones. You can't just okay, pick and choose. Yeah, okay. I know they're different entities, so, but it's still part of the Batman yeah, franchise. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. DC Comics. I'm on board with that. So, I mean, <laughs> it's weird to just kind of consider that like a demerit against the Dark Knight trilogy, but um, the, the the I mean, that's still the majority of the Batman franchise are those somewhat goofy, gothic uh, movies. Um, that some of us watched a lot in their childhood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the that that leaned into kind of the Batman tropes that I I don't know if they have as much play these days. Like like that he's got the goofy sidekicks and 
he's always got a gadget for everything and the Batmobile being this like ridiculous car that can't even turn so it has to like use a grappling hook to get around corners fake lips (laughs) I mean that's just good tactical sense got the bat credit card or whatever isn't that in one of them it's a commercial it's not in the movie no no George Clooney totally has a Batman credit card googling it just to be sure (laughs) yeah yeah it's in the movie Um, I mean does anyone have any interest in those anymore do you think if you have kids you would even show them those movies probably the first one the first one yeah it's a kind of a fun movie it's what made Batman culturally relevant again it's like like important the set design and stuff is cool in that one Music's good. Yeah. I feel yeah, like uh, people who grew up in like the eighties still like prefer that one over the Dark Knight trilogy. It, it seems like kind of a generational thing. I yeah, I met I met this guy in Arizona. He was this bartender guy, and he had like a million tattoos. They were all Batman, mm-hmm. and like he told me. That the Dark Knight sucked. I mean, yeah, he was like in his like late thirties. He's like the Dark Knight sucked. The cartoon is the like the best, and like Tim Burton is a god. <laughs> the cartoon is the purest form of. <laughs> I think that seals it. What about um? weak spots in the newer movies because we all know the good things about the newer movies is there anything that's going to hurt the Nolan movies over time or is there I feel like some people really hate Dark Knight Rises I still haven't seen it since in theaters I'm wondering if it's as good a movie as I remember if I was just if I was just too caught up in the excitement of yeah going to Batman at a midnight screening I still like it a lot it's It's like good but it it does kind of have that feeling of like Christopher Nolan didn't really need to make it like yeah. he clearly had done everything he wanted to do with the first two yeah. and he did it and he you know he tried to make it as spectacular as possible it's just I don't know if he needed to yeah I like that he did that and I like that he also tried really hard to end the series Yeah. well is... sort of I mean I'm guessing someone forced him to put that Robin thing at the end <clears throat> Um, but just, just so they could make I, continue I disagree series. with that, Colin. I, I think you, that he did that because, I, like, the Batman character that I have in my mind, which is an amalgam of the movies and the cartoon and the comics that I've read, is someone who will never stop. And so they had to make an end to the Batman character where he like goes and stops being the Batman. There has to be someone else who takes up that mantle. That mantle. That's, that's just the only way that I think it works. I, I don't think as a fan like, I could ever be like, no, Batman's done and there's just not Batman anymore. And it's not like you know there was any actual chance of uh, JGL actually you know being Batman. Like that was not happening. Still, his name being Robin is pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. 
they didn't need to do that <laughs> just because people were too dumb to like accept him as like a new batman or, or something let's like batman him being called robin and not being like finding out his name is dick grayson i feel like is just dumbing it down for people that don't like so if it was dick grayson no it would have been, been better yeah it would have been a little better yeah what if his name was uh what's it terry the guy from batman beyond Hell yeah. Terry McGinnis? Yeah, Terry McGinnis. Is he only in Batman Beyond? I'm pretty sure. Or is he in comics or something? Well, there is a Batman Beyond comic now uh, that they did after that comic. Well, that'd just be confusing. Yeah, why would they do that? <laughs> because wouldn't mind that movie, though. You'd have Adam West as older Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That, like the older Batman in that cartoon was so angry. Could can Adam West do that? <laughs> I guess he probably can't. Seems like a happy dude. Uh, as far as the like the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole, I feel like people are going to be harder on it over time. On the like the heavy expositional dialogue that's occasionally pretty clunky, um, and like the kind of bizarre plot points in every single movie that are like a little hard to follow Mm -hmm. the logic every time but like as far as creating this new era of like dark serious superheroes I mean I I think it's I think Batman Begins and the Dark Knight especially are much more important than um, even like the Spider-Mans and the X-Men that came before it yeah so let's talk about the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, do you guys have any Fast and Furious franchise questions? No. Questions? Does Dom ever straight up, like, kill a guy? Or is it all just kind of incidental car crashes? Well, I mean, he tries. <laughs> But he, he doesn't <laughs> follow through with it. He's he's definitely like you could convict him for murder based mm-hmm. on the actions you see in the movie. <laughs> okay. But you know, it's all about protecting the family. It's it's not about which which actor are we talking about? Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Okay. Oh, you don't even know the characters. Oh Why God. would I? Have you I've seen never, any of these? I've seen like I saw like the first one in like eighth grade, or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't like this. Wow. I okay. So, as you all know, the first two Fast and Furious movies are related to each other in that they have Paul Walker. Uh, but the second one dumps the entire first cast, except for Paul Walker. Starts over. Uh, with, it's it's just a terrible movie. Um, what the second one? The second one, Too Fast, Too Furious. If you couldn't tell by the title, that's a bad movie. <laughs> um, but the kind of bad where if if you're one of those people who likes in you know likes to watch movies with clunky dialogue and stupid action and. I mean, it's still fairly stylish, fun action, but the story and the dialogue and the acting and the music that you play are all terrible. Are they still doing that, like, high pitch kind of music by then? 
Oh yeah. It's like do, 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 do. This, that's like the <laughs> early stages of that. Yeah. I feel like actually, really, Tokyo Drift is where that started coming into the franchise. <laughs> uh, they were a little more rappy, I guess, back in. Yeah, they weren't just doing beeps and boops. They're not even beeps and boops. They're just like weird horns or something. I, I don't know what that is. Do I get it? It's a car. That's cool. Um, but yeah, the first two were kind of like stylish and dumb, and then they made the third one, which. Pretty sweet. Colin, you saw a third one. What'd you think of Tokyo Yeah, Drift? I kind of like that one. Even though it's got the hilariously lame hillbilly. It's got the worst main character <laughs> ever. But it's got lots of Han. He's cool. Yeah. Under Underrated character in the franchise. <laughs> so then they're like, well, how can we get more Han and also bring back Paul Walker and Vin Diesel? But dump that stupid kid. <laughs> Well, yeah, they, I mean, they have to because Han dies in Tokyo Drift. Um, so that set off this three prequel trilogy that they did, or four. No. Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fury, Fast and Furious 6, and Furious 7. Yeah, four movies they did uh, leading up to Han's death and then in the aftermath of it. Uh, and that's when they made this into a uh, like Ocean's Eleven style dream team of the world's best dr- drivers and thieves and computer hackers and marksmen and kung fu fighters. <laughs> but yeah, as a franchise, I think Fast and Furious is kind of perfect because um, <laughs> I think it's kind of perfect. Like it's so stupid, and it's just about. Like the characters just loving each other. It's not. It doesn't have any like very artistic ambitions. It just wants to thrill you and show you the love, the family, and try to make you laugh a couple times with characters saying stupid things. Uh, so, it, like more than any other movie franchise on this list, I want there to be more Fast and Furious. Like, I, I, it could go on forever for all I care. It's just this big, dumb experiment that I love watching. Just driving on top of airplanes. <laughs> Jumping from airplane to airplane. Jumping from, That's... I mean, maybe. It could happen. <laughs> it just has to be sweet. I think it'll have to drive through an airplane to another airplane. Like, the other airplane has to explode when the car Yeah, but leaves. they already did that in Furious 6. Yeah, but they didn't do it in the air. Yeah, but I don't think they're trying to repeat themselves in any way. It's okay. all got to be fresh. At least that's what I expect at this point. Yeah. Fresh dumbness. Um, so, yeah, Nancy, maybe I'll show you some of these sometime. But uh, for now, at least, I'm going to leave Fast and Furious on the list. Uh, hopefully, John's okay. Um, another one we want to talk about, or at least I want to talk about, was the Harry Potter franchise. Because I, like, I still think it's really cool that they did that the way that they did it. Um, well, you, what about that do you think is cool so you know that the Harry Potter books are set every, every book covers one year uh, at, at Hogwarts the magic wizard school yes and so they when they made these movies they cast all these actors to play the main characters and then they kept bringing them back every year to to play the same characters again as they grew up in real life they grew up on screen as the characters um, and we we talk about how cool like the before 
you know sunrise sunset series is awesome for bringing back the same cast and letting letting them age in real time and and then there's like the seven up series which i mean those are both much more interesting much more groundbreaking series than uh than harry potter which is you know blockbuster magic franchise but i still think that that approach and and other things too like the fact that it's set in england and they insisted on only casting english actors uh makes it a really interesting cinematic experiment that also gave us some pretty fun blockbuster movies I agree. <laughs> Saw the first four, and then I stopped. Just oh, like yeah. the books. Just like the books. Except for, like, the last, I don't know, I'd say three are, like, I like them all. Well, I don't really like the first few, because, you know, babies. For babies. <laughs> but the last the last few are awesome. Just gets better and better. Yeah, they just stop going to class and start kicking ass yeah. all the time. So they stop going to class in like the fifth book. <laughs> like I didn't realize like and half the time it's like, why are you sending your kids to this school? It's so dangerous. <laughs> it's basically run by terrorists. Especially in the last book yeah. where it's like literally run by terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a war going on between the students and the teachers. Well, not the teachers, because the teachers are good, but, like, the people who are running the school at the time. It's fucked up. These latter ones are definitely a blur for me. Like, uh, Half-Blood Prince and the Magic Phoenix one. Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix. I cannot remember what those are about. I guess if you say Magic... Or whatever you say, you got a pretty good show. Even though I feel like magic isn't in any of the titles. Yeah, but it sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorcerer is in the title. They Only in America, magic. though. It's not supposed to be, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you're supposed to say. <laughs> I still haven't seen the last one. <laughs> you don't know how it all ends? Did you see the first part of the last one? I did, because me and Nancy and a bunch of other people like marathoned them up to that one, because it was coming out. And then we went and saw that one. But then the the last one didn't come out for like another six months, so... I was yeah, like, was we'll weird. get to it later. Yeah, it was kind of weird that we did that for the second to last one. No, the last I think the last one was like in was after school, maybe. Yeah. So I didn't have the the moment momentum, the fun, the moment fun, <laughs> fun momentum. <laughs> there you go. I didn't have that anymore, so I couldn't keep going. No, I haven't seen the last one, and now I feel like I'd need to see them all again to make sure I have some idea of what's going on. It's a thing. I don't even remember what the first Harry Potter is about. They're like. I don't know, let's not get into it, but... It's the thing, like, the first four or so are just, like, basically independent stories. Except there's, like, a narrative in the background about Voldemort coming back. Oh, sorry, I mean, he should not be named. Uh... 
We're not wizards, you know that. Right? Uh, but then the last, the last four are about uh, like that that war. They're they're pretty. They're uh, they're a continuous story. So you probably would need to at least revisit like a couple. Yeah, you definitely can't watch the last one, but so. Can I watch the first one and then watch the last one? Well, the last one just takes place like immediately after the second second one. So you're telling me I can't? I mean, you can do whatever though. Because I want to watch the first one so I can really appreciate its groundbreaking CGI. <laughs> there you go. And then I can watch the last one to see how it all ends. Quidditch direction of Chris so real. Oh yeah, there's that. Remember that troll? Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was scared, Shrekless. <laughs> so make that like a word. Please don't. So the Harry Potter franchise, a cool franchise overall, made up of movies that are like, I don't know, they're good. <laughs> what do you think? Any of them are bad, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think I call any of them bad. I'd say that probably that first one, the Chris Columbus one, is probably the weakest. It's because it's for the babies. The second one was the weekend. It's for babies. Come on. I'm a man. I've got a 401k. I don't have time for this shit. Uh, but would you keep Harry Potter on our list of the top ten movie franchises? Eight movies. Plus it set the precedent of breaking your last one into two parts. To make them all money. <laughs> to make them all money. I like that. It's a good goof. I would, I would just for how consistent it's been in terms of quality. It's pretty hard to do with over that many movies. All right. Speaking of consistency and quality, let's talk about um, the Indiana Jones franchise. This is like weird for me because I like them all, but I don't like them all that much. And I really don't really like the second one. And I've only seen the third one like twice. Third one's really good. Yeah, like I have good memories of it, but I just don't really remember. It's really good. <laughs> just keep that in mind from here on out. The so think of all the great movies we could have got, like Indiana kinda, Jones and the Saucer Men. Is it the one you have the screenplay for? I almost bought it. Actually, if it was called Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars. <laughs> Who wrote that? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. It was written by... I thought it was George Lucas. <laughs> or at least story, whatever that really means. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea for a movie. Just uh, some uh, flying spaceships. And... Yeah, basically, it means it's based on something he once said to some guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it says Lucas wrote a basic story outline. And then hand it off to Jeb Stewart, writer of Die Hard and co-author of The Fugitive. Seems like George Lucas did, did that a lot. Just like, go make this movie. It's a good idea. <laughs> except, yeah, you except that he had to write every single word of the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Hand that off to anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah. Of course, the series is more than just George Lucas. It's also Steven Spielberg. And all those other great guys. 
Yeah, those other great guys. <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember. Is Lawrence Kasdan, did he write one of them? He wrote Raiders, right? I think you did. <laughs> and also, like, uh, maybe Philip Kaufman is involved somehow. Maybe. A story, additional story. <laughs> maybe George Lucas was, like, eating and he was, like, translating. <laughs> he's just like, hey, uh, you should do this one thing. I would love to know the minimum of getting a story credit on a feature length film. There should be a scene with um like a like a rock or something. <laughs> story by George. <laughs> but yeah, everyone likes the first one. Everyone wants to pretend they like the second one, but no one really can. <laughs> second one is so dark. It's cool. <laughs> but it's like... But it's just yeah. dumb. <laughs> it's really annoying. I like all the action. Like the train stuff at the end. Yeah, so my memory of Temple of Doom is it starts pretty well and it ends pretty well. Yeah. It's like really boring in the middle. Yeah. I wouldn't say it starts very well. Doesn't it open with a musical number? Yeah, but they, like, you know, jump out of the plane and stuff. With a raft. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. I like all the bugs. That's a good part. And I am about Short Round. I think Short Round's pretty cool. <laughs> no. I don't really think he's that helpful, is he? Does he really contribute that much? No, but he's funny because he's not helpful. He's just like, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. No time for enough, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> He's Hold on to your potato. <laughs> that was great. I see he makes you laugh. <laughs> anyway, we're all beating around the bush here. We have to answer the question, does Crystal Skull kill this franchise? I have like... Probably. I have no memory of Crystal Skull. Was it really that bad besides Shia LaBeouf? Or did people just hate him so much that it ruins it absolutely? It was definitely more than Shia LaBeouf. There's a lot of different reasons people hated it. Like a lot of like overuse of unnecessary CGI. Some CGI that already looks bad. Uh, the whole nuke in the fridge thing. Swinging with Swinging monkeys. With monkeys. Uh, I mean, it was fun. It's still fun for me because I like Harrison Ford so much and I like seeing him do the, you know, the character. But I'd probably like seeing him do that character in any setting. I'd probably enjoy him in Invasion of the Saucer Men from Mars or whatever. <laughs> It's probably not a good movie, but um, I don't know. It's it's like kind of fun. You just don't care, I guess. I don't know if it kills it. I don't think it kills it. I think people are being a little too dramatic. Yeah, that's pretty strong to say it kills the first. Like, I, I guess I thought meant Sean meant like it killed it, and that they're not going to make any more. And I was like, Oh, they're making more. Are they? Are they? <laughs> oh, they want to. They want to do it with Chris Pratt. Remember. Well, that's different. I mean, with yeah, I mean with. How's that different? It's not Harrison Ford Ford playing Indiana. Well, Harrison Ford can't do it if he's like eighty years old. Well, he's he's eighty years old, and he's like lives the most dangerous life. I don't think I don't think you know that last movie kills the franchise. I think time kills the franchise because Harrison Ford can only be the character for so long. It's gonna keep going. It'll still feel like the old ones to some extent. Will it? Yeah, probably. It'll probably be like... They'll probably like get some guy who's like, oh, I was totally a big fan of this in the 80s. Check out my Batman tattoos. And, you know, they'll have <laughs> lots of like callbacks. 
but it will still kind of feel like kind of inferior. But yeah, that just kind of like a like a, like a mistake to me. It is a mistake. I'm not saying they should do it. It's just it's gonna happen. <laughs> so you're basically saying it'll basically just be Jurassic World. Basically, it's, it's gonna have Chris It'll Pratt. Also have Chris Pratt. <laughs> they better get on that soon, though. If they at least want a Harrison Ford cameo, like unless he's just gonna be the character, I'm not really sure their angle. If if they made one more with Harrison Ford, I'd be all about it. They'd have to at this point, though, put him in like the Sean Connery capacity, where he's just like the old man following him around. What do you think Han Solo's role is gonna be? Sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's really all Han Solo does in the old ones is sit down. Did he like break his leg getting out of the Millennium Falcon during this movie? <laughs> yeah. So he's not going to be doing a lot of action-packed stuff. Probably wants to be flying the ship. Well, he tried to fly the ship in real life. I like it. Just needs to relax. Like he only he crashed the crashed one time. He only. <laughs> Still, it's just like, oh, was that cannon? <laughs> it's real life. Cannon. Life. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was the that groaning nerd noise, or was that Harrison Ford hurting himself? <laughs> Bro, both. Okay. Funny levels. All right. I like it. But the Indiana Jones movies are kind of hard to talk about because early on there were problems with it, like the second one. So it's never been like, I don't know if it's an amazing franchise. It's just like a great character with a lot of memorable scenes kind of spread out here and there. Yeah. Um, so Indiana Jones, two good movies to... Uh, so I'm going to put it off the list. Whoa, that's did it. It's gone. Because <laughs> we have to talk about James Bond and... I'm gonna let Nancy do that. Uh, <laughs> nerding out right now. Who's excited? I'm pretty excited. That's the only thing keeping my Star Wars excitingness at bay is that I can have James Bond first. <sighs> What's it. the worst James Bond? <sighs> I don't even know. You've seen well, all I remember of them. last time. Last time we talked about it on the podcast, we'd only seen up to like the late seventies. You've now seen like those weird eighties ones where he's like a clown and stuff. Like that's are none of those Roger Moore ones the worst, or is there worse? Oh yeah, it's ones? definitely a Roger Moore one. It's probably like any <laughs> of the last like four Roger Moore ones. <laughs> Actually, well, it, I mean, it could be uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service. That one's so bad. Wow. But it's also pretty fun. Because, like, he's got some great one liners. But George Lazenby is just a joke. <laughs> hey, he got laid a lot. Yeah, he was a model. Like, he wasn't an actor. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. But, um, I watched Thunderball recently, which is pretty sweet. Well, my guy, a guy at work, told me that like they had just kind of discovered how to film underwater really well, so that's why like half the movie is underwater. <laughs> it's probably like ninety minutes worth of underwater footage, <laughs> including the epic underwater harpoon battle. It's just like twenty minutes of. 
people harpooning each other. You know, everyone only has one shot. <laughs> and then it's over. And then they have to go around pulling each other's oxygen off their... That's what Bond does. He just, like, stabs people and pulls their oxygen out. And they're like, go, 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 pretty sweet. It's funny because what you're describing is basically an action sequence in Jackie Chan's first strike. One of the police story movies. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Except he's in like the like the Sydney uh, Aquarium. And there's just like a bunch of goons in suits that jump into the shark tank with him. Yeah. And he's just like stealing their scuba tanks so he can breathe because he doesn't have one. And then they're shooting harpoons at him and he's like dodging them. And then a shark comes. No one dodges these harpoons. (laughs) (laughs) It's so long. It's like... Just like... Like someone could just go up on a boat and like shoot a machine gun into the water like a thousand times and kill everyone. I I still don't know why like the CIA and the terrorists both had the idea to get into the water. Go underwater with all their scuba gear. And their harpoon guns. Seems really expensive. Buy all that yeah. scuba gear. <laughs> but there's a good one where he's like, it's it's just so funny, like because I watched the the most recent three, and then I watched Thunderball, and like the sex in the new ones is so subtle. Like he is so like Sean Connery is so rapey. <laughs> it's the style of the time. I oh think. man, it's it's really creepy. <laughs> There's a lot of times where like he definitely was like that was right. <laughs> she didn't want to do that. Like they're trying to walk away or something, and he just like grabs her and pulls her in. That sort of thing. Yeah, she's like, oh James, and he's like, mm, no, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, but there's one part where he's like trying to do that chick on the beach and then like turns around and like harpoons this guy against a tree and goes I think you got the point and he goes back to business I think he tries but she's like no you just murdered someone <laughs> she's not into it's it it's a major turn off killing a man now I don't want to veer off subject but did you ever see that Thunderball, like pseudo Thunderball remake. Oh never yeah, say never again. Oh yeah, it's My not producer sales organization is the name <laughs> of the company. That movie is awesome. It's it's such a cool like weird because it came out the same year as Octopussy, so it's like what the like there was two Bond movies that year, one by the original Bond who's still not too old to play Bond and one by the, the Bond who's it's like his fifth Bond movie and he's way too old to play Bond is Roger Moore older than Sean Connery yeah yeah, yeah. that's weird like, yeah like Sean brought it up on Twitter the other day like Roger Moore was like by far the oldest when he started and he did so many yeah so he, he was just way... the oldest man <laughs> Gross. It's not like that he was like really gross. I guess he's he's, he's kind of a it was nice like, bond. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's the ladies' man bond, like the sensitive bond. <laughs> His early ones are great. You know, mm-hmm. they're just as good. 
all about Timothy Dalton, my boy T Dalton. He's super underrated. Glad someone is. Yeah, I never hear about those movies ever. I don't know what they're like. They're they're like sweet, like eighties, like Miami Vice kind of. <laughs> you know, they're they're pretty cool. You know, they're just like what you'd expect from like a late eighties action movie. Yeah. <laughs> The first one, I can't remember which one's which, but the first one's pretty good, and the second one's okay. Not bad, but just okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's totally like, it's kind of Daniel Craig before Daniel Craig. They were a little bit darker. No one was wearing clown suits. <laughs> there's like, it's weird because there's like a new, a different M and a different Money Penny. But they only lasted two episodes before they got Judy. Two episodes? I mean, episodes. They only lasted two movies before. It's like the British way of saying movies. Yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I just think it's so, like, there's so much of this yeah. that you start talking about like it's a TV show yeah. instead of a movie series. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. But I, I'm going to start picking and choosing here and there, getting ready for the new one. So. Definitely a contender on this list. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's, it's just hilarious how many there are. Yeah, it's an amazing it's kind of that it's yeah. lasted this long and stayed. And the thing relevant. is, like, and one of the things I loved about Skyfall is it kind of illustrated the point that like like we're just going to keep going, yeah. You know, and like the actors, no actor owns any role. You know, they switch all the time, so. Don't worry about it. We're yeah. just going to keep going. And if there's a bad one, there's a bad one. If there's four bad ones in a row, it's just going to have to deal with it. That'll just be a lost decade. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like the continuity that they added in those Daniel Craig ones. So did I, but I hope that they don't feel that they always need to do that. Like, I hope with the they, I hope they don't reboot it. Yeah, the, the new one is just like a Bond doing his thing, and they can have continu- continuity with the other ones. But that—that's yeah. kind of my guess—is continuity will like kind of like there'll still be some callbacks in this new one, but then yeah. by the next one, whether it's Stanley Craig or not, it's just like it's back to solo adventures. Y- yeah. Anyway, uh, how about Jurassic Park? This is stupid. Why is this on here? <laughs> it's like yeah, one good, good movie. Yeah, yeah, and also the biggest movie of all time. What? Jurassic World has made well, uh, yeah, but more money than God. It's still uh, just really okay. It's okay. a movie that feels like it was directed by a studio executive. Well, that's a little... So many product placements. Just, just not the Whatever, I don't so care. So I, I feel like you've really turned on this movie. I feel like when we talked about <laughs> Jurassic World back in uh, Mare or whatever. I mean, I like, get I annoyed when movies are like so okay. Like I'd almost rather watch an interesting train wreck than something that's just playing everything super safe. Like, like how I see a lot of the Marvel movies where they're not bad. They're just like just good enough to not offend anyone. It's just boring to me. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> what I want to do now is say, eh, Lost World's not so bad, right? Probably, but I haven't seen it since I was uh, like seven years old. 
stuff in theaters. I think I'd rather watch the new one than Lost World. Okay. Sure, it's really boring. The last part is good in the city. There's like maybe a couple other good parts too. I like that line where she's like, she's such a troglodyte, she doesn't even have Sega. <laughs> Don't really hold up. Oh, it's got Jeff Goldblum. I guess that's okay. Yep. But as a whole, Jurassic Park, one of my favorite movies ever, and then three yeah. sequels that no one really cares about. Which you would not say about our next franchise, the Lethal Weapon series. And... This is sweet. This is definitely on the list. <laughs> Why? Why, Nancy? Well, I've only seen them all once with you guys, like, in a week. And it was probably one of the best weeks of my life. <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun that week. It also makes me super sad, because, you know. You're having fun with a terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can separate the, the man from the character good enough. But... It's just like, I wish we could have one more. He'd be so old for that shit. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Like, it goes perfectly with, like, what we see now about them, you know, bringing back people. Would you like it better if they teamed up Danny Glover's character with, like, a younger guy? <laughs> no. That'd be dumb. Okay. I need no Gibson. I think it'd be funny to see Mel Gibson be all like likable again, and like that. Uh, it'd be pretty funny. Maybe. But I don't know. Does anyone else have anything? Yeah, say? it's it's weird because I'm not sure I have anything like meaningful to say about the Lethal Weapon series, except that they're just a lot of fun with their. You know, jazzy soundtracks. <laughs> just bombs in the toilet. Yeah, just completely over the top action. I mean, they they try to treat these like like they're real human beings with flaws, and then they'll just like go and shoot up uh, like a house and like topple the house off a hill or something. <laughs> it's... <coughs> It's so it's so weird. Like remember I think it's Lethal Weapon three where they like they're like demoted down to like street cops again. <laughs> and there's this chase sequence where they destroy like everything. And they don't and there's like that's just fine. Like no one cares. <laughs> that was just in the line of duty. They're like not I, I they're just like trying to stop someone who's like, I don't know, ran ran a red light or something. And they just like destroy Los Angeles and it's like, oh whatever. <laughs> On the line of duty. That's the best one. <laughs> it's got the construction site that's kind of just like blowing up for ten minutes. Everything's burning down. It's really cool finale. I don't really remember the second one that well. We'd say a frickin's. I don't remember any of them like in particular. <laughs> you know, fourth one's got like Jet Li and... Chris Rock for some reason. <laughs> I remember the fourth one because they are both like pretty old. And then they're Gibson's, still like taking on Jet Li yeah, though, with Gibson's their bare like, hands. Fighting him at the end. I the love, I love the part at the, the end. Yeah, where they're like at the dock and it's like raining, and they're both like so tired, and they're just like, 
All right, I'm gonna go fight Jet Li. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like they could do that. <laughs> There's something like something about that scene like really hit me. Like I could never like make that decision. Like I could never stare someone down and be like. I'm going to fight them and try to hit them until they die. <laughs> I, I don't know why it like, really hit me in that scene instead of like any other action movie ever, but there's something really effective about Lethal Weapon. He's so old and so world-weary. He doesn't even like, want to do it, but he's got to. He's got to. So Lethal Weapon, probably on the list. We'll figure out where later. Uh, Lord of the Rings three of my favorite movies and then three Hobbit movies that no one needs. <laughs> but they're still pretty fun. Do, do you think there's a good movie in there if they had edited all three of them down to one movie? If they edited all three of them down to one movie, they had a great movie. <laughs> what, The Hobbit? Yeah, if, if The Hobbit was just one movie, it would have been outstanding. It like I would not have begrudged them if it was like three and a half hours long because I know Peter Jackson can't edit shit down. But if it was one three and a half hour movie instead of three two and a half hour movies, oh, it would have been perfect. I mean, they, they they had a good cast. They had you know it's it's the I know some people don't like it, but I thought the like high frame rate three D stuff looked really cool in the theater. I never got to see any of that stuff. That's, that's I mean that's that's kind of what kept me going is I, I really enjoyed like seeing that stuff on the big screen with the fancy frame rate and the fancy 3D. Uh, Des- the second one I think it's De- Desolation of Smog. I I think that's probably the best in the series, the Hobbit series. Uh, but it just doesn't have the soul that that first Lord of the Rings trilogy had, where it was, you could like tell that this was. Like, everyone who was in it was incredibly passionate about that project. Um, you know, down to the actors, like Christopher Lee, who doesn't have a huge part, but he's, like, the world's number one Lord of the Rings fan, and, like, actually knew Tolkien somewhat, and, like, had Tolkien's blessing to play Gandalf if they ever made a movie, and, like, that guy reached Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, he was already pretty old when they started making that. 20 years ago. Hey, he, he would have lived through to see all of them. Chris really. Well, he's in most of them. Yeah. He could have been Gandalf. I, he could have been, but he made a great Saruman. and I he made think, a scary Gandalf. <laughs> and I think Ian McKellen, you know, that's maybe his best performance. Gandalf's the hard part, and it's pretty iconic. You shall not pass is probably his most famous line. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, his Richard the Third is also really good, but I'm... nobody else like we're getting uh, movies. We're getting a movie called The Shadow. Barbie <laughs> <Alec> Baldwin. <laughs> See the bad guy in that? I think that's the one he was in, right? I don't know. Even though this was a conversation we had earlier this week. He was someone. Okay. He was someone in something. Anyway, uh, I don't think The Hobbit is bad enough to ruin the Lord of the Rings franchise for me. Uh, I would still even be interested in other Middle Earth set movies, even though that would be a great mistake, and I hope they don't do it. 
So I would keep Lord of the Rings, the franchise, on this list unless you guys really are passionate about not having it on the list for some reason. Is there any part of you that would it's, want... Go on. Is there any part of you that would want them to keep it, keep the movies at two, three, two and a half hour movies just because it means you have more of it? No. No. Like, no but I, you said you would watch other... I would watch other stories, but they have to be complete stories. Like, the Hobbit movies aren't satisfying because they... I'm Like, the sto- the Hobbit story is, like, this cowardly guy who just wants to stay at home finds out that he's capable of doing things he didn't think he could. And if you try to draw that out, you try... Like, there's, there's barely three acts to The Hobbit. And they tried to make it seem like there are nine acts to The Hobbit. It, it, it just doesn't work. Like, I can't, I can't think of an example of a story where it's like, yeah, this is really good because they made it like super long. I'm really glad they padded this out with an additional scene of them singing and washing dishes. Like TV shows, it makes sense sometimes. Like, I feel like even most of the time... Game of Thrones, I feel like... At least the couple or the earlier seasons, I'd rather have a TV show than like a movie. Yeah, just to cover more ground. Yeah, that's true. But I like I don't want Game of Thrones to be like, well, let's invent a subplot where all the characters meet up and have a party, and then they go their separate ways, and the story goes back. Speaking of parties, how do you guys feel about the Mad Max franchise, which just barely has four movies now? Uh, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say house party. I think there's four of them. <laughs> Somehow. Each one better than the last. I can only assume. Mad Max is pretty good now. Like, the newest one was, like, the best one. Absolutely. So that's pretty cool. And it looks like that's renewed interest in, you know, George Miller pursuing new Mad Max films that are more like this new one. Not that they're not like the other ones, but you know. It's exciting. <clears throat> so we watched the old ones um, right before the new one. and Had... F- I don't know. <laughs> I had fun watching Road Warrior. The first one is like total mess. It kind of feels just like a... kind of reminds me of like like Evil Dead where it's like you can tell this is a talented film student or something. He's like trying all the tricks he knows. Some of them are really interesting and some of them are totally crazy. Most of his tricks <laughs> being cars crashing. Yeah, I mean there's some cool stuff in there but then there's a lot of really dumb stuff in there like weird edits and fades and confusing plot line. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is like part of like kind of a good movie and then like another movie that's like not that good. And there's barely any car stuff. Yeah, there's mostly train stuff. That was, I mean, what pissed me off about Thunderdome was they set up this, like, crazy world. It even has, like, the Thunderdome theme song. And then he just leaves and goes and spends time with, like, like fucking kids from Peter Pan for (laughs) half the movie. I mean, what's so weird is, like, after the whole Thunderdome uh, portion of the film, there's no momentum. It's like, that whole thing is resolved. It's like, well, I gotta find a new plot now. Like, even when he meets those kids, it's like, there's not like there's, like, some outside threat, really, you know? 
It's like eventually, like he decides to go like back to Thunderdome and like what? I th- isn't it just like that dwarf? That's oh, he does that when he's there. I don't know why he goes back there actually. No, I think he goes back and res and rescues that guy, and then he teams up with them for the like the train part. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I think it was just like the kids wanted to leave their grotto, and so they they did that, and it's, it's a bummer. But fucking the Road Warrior is badass. Let's let's not just skip over that. No, one. that one's really good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Simple. It's action packed. It's easy to understand. It's inventive. Yeah, it's weird how iconic that movie is when like it basically like it just has like there are bad guys and we must escape them. <laughs> Which is basically the approach they took with Fury Road too, and I guess that's just what works in this universe. I mean, I feel like Fury Road's got a lot of extra things going on with like the female characters and like how they're not like they're people and they're not like yeah, famous. and they're actually they make sense instead of in this movie where there's like the gyro captain and you don't like you don't even really know if he's a good guy or not until the end and. And then at the end, they're like, and then he became our leader. It's like, really? Why? Because he can fly? That's why people like Jesus. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he was Superman. <laughs> the untold story. So, Mad Max on the list? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe. All right, we'll see. <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, like, what do you need to know? They the, the, they invented the idea of the cinematic universe. You could make you sure th- about that. Well, what else would you say? Um, uh, hmm. like uh, Police Academy. But those that's this is sequel. It's a franchise. Like what? Unless you're saying there's some other movie that's part of the Police Academy universe. But, I mean, like. Don't like the monsters in those Universal monster movies interact with each other? Are they, there you are go. they in the same yeah, universe? Yeah, yeah I think you could make that case. Yeah, they are. There you go. Boom. And Police Academy, probably. <laughs> with what? You know, shut. I don't. I don't know for sure. I'm just. <laughs> there's so many of them. Anyway, so you're saying. Uh, I mean, I've said it before. Like I, this, this just works for me. And there have been like twelve of these now, and I still really enjoy going to these movies. So maybe I've got a problem, but I'm all bad, I mean, guys. And and I like watch the TV shows too. Like I'm in way too deep, but I like it. The fact that this universe is kind of the reason I dislike it is because it's like a machine designed to make sequels. And I guess now that I'm like, more, I don't know if I'm just older and cynical, but I don't like sequels as much anymore. At least, like when you're a kid, you're more inclined to, to like enjoy like things like repetition or like you know things that remind you of things where you like. And I don't know, it just they're they're not bad. They just I'm, I'm just so tired. <laughs> and Colin kind of had a similar feeling towards them. It's like. I just like if I was a kid, I could keep up with these. But I think as an adult, I just feel like I'm getting a lot of the same over and over again. Well, I think there are two things at play here. Like one is 
Like, there's always going to be blockbuster movies that try to show off the latest technology, and right now, superheroes are great for that. Which is why there's so many superhero movies, I think. Like, it's... Like, even if they weren't doing super well, I think they would still be something people try. I mean, that's also why there's, like, space movies now a lot. Because that's... Because of, like, Avatar. Uh, But also, I just think people are starting to change the way that, as a whole, they feel about movies. Like, I was thinking about Netflix. Like, how many people watch movies on Netflix anymore versus how much time people spend on Netflix watching TV shows. Um, How many people argue that, like, I don't even need to go to the movies anymore. I can just watch stuff on TV. I can just watch stuff at home. I feel like there's less interest now in a one-off movie than there's ever been in, in pop culture. And this connected universe feeds on that desire that people have to spend time in a familiar space and spend more time getting to know characters that they really like like Tony Stark um, the Hulk really any of the Avengers I think they all have their own fan bases except for Hawkeye everybody hates Hawkeye <laughs> I don't know, it kind of it scares me because, like, you can see the influence of these Marvel movies on other companies. Like, DC's like, no, we're going to start making our, like, a universe. And, like, now Star Wars like, we're going to make a movie after, like, we're going to make movies in between our movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm afraid there's going to be so much of that that there's not going to be enough room for anything, like, new and innovative because everyone's just going to want what's familiar and what they already know. And that's what scares me is, like, so much of that you know just everywhere I guess but it just seems like such a stupid idea to try and pull off like what Marvel did was such a rare thing it's just like you need so much money and to rope in so many people and it's such a huge undertaking it just seems insane for other companies to have that (laughs) outlook like we need to do that we need to do something that big and it's like you can't there's no way Especially yeah, I think, because, I think, like, there are so many people that are trying that and, like, just making movies that tank at the box office and nothing ever really gets started. Yeah, I feel like if the, you know, Batman and all the, the stuff just goes to shit because it sucks, <laughs> they'll probably won't, people probably won't try this again for a long time. And I think part of the reason it works for Marvel, besides the fact that they have, you know, Mickey Mouse money, um, is because, kind of contrary to what you're afraid of, John, they've endeavored to bring in different, smart, creative directors and writers. Um, And they've also been willing to cast uh, actors that are actually suited to the role and not just names in, in most cases and so they've always had a, a more creative and more diverse talent pool than, than I think a lot of these shared universes like the, this new Batman Superman shared universe seems to be just the, the vision that Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer have for DC and those two 
you know, for better or for worse, are just are just building out their stupid universe, and that, that's why Suicide Squad looks so lame. <laughs> yeah, but it's a little disappointing that it seems like Marvel hasn't given filmmakers as much creative freedom lately from the sounds of like Joss Whedon getting frustrated with the second Avengers movie and like Edgar Wright being booted off Ant-Man like Ava DuVernay couldn't get into like Black Panther because they didn't let her have enough control yeah so it's like you kind of still have to be beholden to the brand yeah that kind of sucks but that's changing right didn't uh then they just like destroy the, the the like Marvel Creative Council and they they're saying that their uh their directors are going to have more freedom now. Like they're still going to have to answer to Kevin Feige, but there's not going to be like a like a Marvel Council that I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I th- like I like I've said in my uh, my last couple Marvel movie reviews, like I I I don't know how Phase 3 is going to go. Um I was very pleasantly surprised by Phase 2. Um, but I think even if this falls apart horribly in, in the next year, uh, with their with the Civil War movie, which might be a bad idea, and also Doctor Strange, which sounds really weird, uh, and Infinity Wars, which is two for no reason, it's two movies. Well, because that's what you do to make money. It's bullshit. It's it is bullshit. But I at least give them, like, I'm kind of fine with that because that is a movie that's going to have. 50 main characters. Uh, which sucks. It has too many <laughs> characters as it is. That's one of the things that's making those movies not as good. That's one reason like Avengers 2 isn't as good. It's got too many damn people in it. Yeah, I mean, it it hurts and it helps. Like, I, I feel like the action sequences in Avengers 2 are better because they have more people. And I feel like uh, Avengers 2 is just built around the idea of character interaction and seeing these guys that you've got to know really well play off each other and like the yeah, like that party like, scene. Yeah, the the Avengers isn't for character building. That's what all the individual movies are for. It's just for I, I'm just here to see everyone MF party. Yeah. Just here to see everyone have a good time together and then fight together. Films should always be about characters, though. And you throw more in, you're going to get less and less time with them. And it's true. Yeah, but and, uh, but the characters aren't exactly like films. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should they be. Should be because they are films technically. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, I feel like Avengers movies are events. Like they're. Yeah, I don't know if that's like an awful thing to say, but. I guess I was just disappointed because the first one did have, like, it gave each character an overarching story. They were small, but there was at least something. I feel like in the second one it was just them being together and fighting. I don't know. And then basically just Tony Stark had a story. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's not perfect. And I don't think anyone will ever make the case that they're perfect. And I think most people would say that the Dark Knight movies are better superhero movies. Uh, or, but they're a different kind of superhero, and I, and I really enjoy this. Anyway, we can bitch about this later. Let's talk about Mission Impossible for now. Mission Impossible, like Alien, uh, every single movie is just a, a showcase for for that specific movie's director. And as far as I know, that's like that was like Tom Cruise's creative choice. Like he 
basically insisted that every single Mission Impossible film have someone different come in and direct it. And it's worked out really well because... Again, the first two. Well, I like the first one. It's, I mean, it's a Brian De Palma film. It's during his greatest time, the nineties. <laughs> I kind of want to watch them all again. I, I've only seen the first, maybe three. Well, I would keep going, <laughs> actually. But I mean, like I, I haven't seen any of them since like junior high. So, um. Because I, uh, I, I think that first one is good, and uh, the second one is pretty bad, but it has some, like, delightfully over-the-top parts. Who did that one? That was John Woo. Oh. Yeah, that's the one where it starts with him, like, climbing up a cliff with no safety gear. And he gets mm-hmm. up. On, I remember he that. gets up on top, and a helicopter flies by, and a guy in a suit shoots a rocket at him. But, but the rocket is a sunglasses case, and he takes the sunglasses out, and he puts them on, and has a message, and it's like, "Here's your mission," and he's like, he like throws them, and they explode, and the credits like fly out of it. Out of the sunglasses. Are they, sunglasses. Oh, they very classy like, move. Pure, like American Pierce Braun Bond. Okay. American Birders. Yeah. Oh god. It was the, I think that was the one that had the limp biscuit <laughs> take on the on the theme song. Are <laughs> sure it wasn't Metallica? <laughs> oh, maybe it's Metallica. It's someone Pretty sure it was Metallica. It's it's too bad because Mission Impossible is one of the coolest theme songs. But uh Well it's okay if it's Metallica. Lip, there's a big difference between Metallica and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the third one was J.J. Abrams back when people were like, Ooh, can, can he do movies? <laughs> um, and it worked out really well. It's pretty cool. And it brought uh, Simon Pegg into the franchise, and he's basically the co-lead of, the, of Mission Impossible now. I told you we'd get back to Simon Pegg eventually. Um, fourth one, Brad Bird. That's my favorite. Uh, it's the one where like everything's broken all the time, and uh, brings Jeremy Renner in, and it kind of pushes Ving Rhames out. <laughs> I don't know Maybe why. Maybe he's busy. That's true because the fifth one, uh, Chris Mc- Christopher uh, McQuarrie directed the uh, the Jack Reacher guy, um, and it was pretty good. You guys, I didn't review it on the blog, but I was pretty entertained by that movie uh i would say that that one is by far the most close we'll ever get to an american james bond movie um so you yeah that's the one for you nancy if you they all sound pretty good to you they're they're elite i've just been ignoring them for the last just watch the fourth and fifth one i think i think that's all you need third one's pretty sweet too that's all you need, fourth and fifth one. Third one is pretty sweet because it has the best villain in the franchise, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, and he's just killing it in that movie. Like, maybe, maybe one of the best uh, villains this sort of spy movie genre has ever had. Thank you for getting a little film called Spy Hard Shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, for me, I would keep this on the list, but I don't feel like anyone else cares, so maybe I'll take it off for brevity's sake. Let's let's do some of that as we get into the later ones. 
is really long already. I know. I was like, I think this is going to be pretty long. And Sean's like, I don't think it's going to be long. Why wouldn't it be? We're talking about right. like a bunch of movies I know. for each category. Speaking of a bunch of movies in each category, Planet of the Apes. To, we don't even need to talk about this. Yeah, do we? It's not, not on the list. Didn't I review all of them on the blog? Except for... We can acknowledge that you did that. Yeah, no, I've reviewed all of them. I feel like your takeaway right. was that Go most check them of out. them aren't very good. <laughs> all I know is this, the second one has pretty good ending. Because <laughs> they blow up the world. With a and a narrator has to tell you that they blew up the world, even though you just watched the world blow up. Does it zoom out to a shot of the whole planet Earth exploding? Like I'm pretty sure it does. Okay. And they use a button to blow up, right? It's a button. Just... It's underground. And Charlton Heston, who only shows up in like the last ten minutes of the movie, is like, I don't know. You don't even remember. He's just like he's fighting these weird like future people. And he's like, fuck this, presses the button, blows up the world. And then I, don't, I wish I could remember what the narrator says. He's like, that's it. That's the end. <laughs> Everyone's dead. <laughs> Except that, like, like a little, like, shit, escape pod escaped. This is the third one. So they, like, go to, I guess, I can't even remember when it was. I, I want to say it was just the 70s or something. That one's like a comedy. <laughs> they become like celebrities, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Cornelius and Zira. And they have a son. And then like he grows up in the other ones. But like... And it doesn't make any sense because then there's like other apes. And they like explain it and it makes no sense. Like people just see that ape and they start training apes. And I guess they like catch up to him. Well, I remember that part of it is like all cats and dogs die. And so yeah. people and start like radiation and stuff. Anyway. But it's like it happens over the course of like less than twenty years that chimps become like ape men. <laughs> Pretty funny. Anyway, the, uh, that all aside is probably not a good franchise. Uh, it's just one of the oddly longest franchises in cinematic history. Still going to this day. Yeah, like the last one was like maybe like the best one or pretty close. Yeah, I mean that first one's a classic. It's a classic. It's pretty good, but it's pretty hokey too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like. I really like the new one. Yeah, excited for the next one too. I think. I don't know. They're like Maybe switch the whole cast up again, aren't they? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, they're not bringing back Jason Clark, which is tough because like he's such a staple of the franchise. <laughs> as long as they get someone like a, like a Joel Edgerton <laughs> or a Sam Worthington. Really memorable actors who are maybe from Australia. <laughs> Can't quite tell. Oh, did you see the trailer for Everest? He's using his uh, Auss- Aussie accent in that one. Who is? Jason Clark. Oh. Like Mel Gibson? Is Joel Edgerton from Australia? I think so. That's where handsome men come from. <laughs> oh, he is. Handsome men that can act well. Damn straight. Speaking of handsome men who can act well, how about Sylvester Stallone in the Rocky (laughs) franchise? Sometimes. (laughs) Those are pretty fun movies. I like most of them. Even the bad ones are like good bad. Except for the fifth one. Except for the fifth one, which is just bad bad. Uh, And what's cool is it's still like, we're still going to technically get another one with the Apollo Creed movie. mm Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited to see 
Sylvester Stallone as Rocky again, even if that movie sucks. Because it's been another. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Decade since the last Rocky movie. That one was pretty good too. Yeah. I like Rocky because he's super dumb. <laughs> Great quality in your protagonist. And the fights are always so good, and the music, the opponents—they're always so colorful. Yeah. Except for in Rocky Five, there isn't really. Well, oh, that opponent. guy was like. I, I... He had a colorful name, Tommy the Machine Gun. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Sketchphrase. Yeah, I mean, maybe he sucked. I guess I don't remember. I just remember him punching like Johnny Cochran or whatever. <laughs> Whoever that lawyer guy was, or whoever that millionaire. Oh yeah, he's like, touch me and I'll sue. No, he's like, sue me for what? Like, that was like <laughs> the only good part of that movie it's was like that going to jail. over the top <laughs> lawyer character. <laughs> I can't remember who played him. Johnny Cochran. Yeah, let's just assume. <laughs> just giving a great performance as himself. But yeah, you know, Rocky's the underdog. He's always easy to root for. Which they had to keep trying to do in the later ones, even though he kept getting rich. But they were like, now nah, we gotta make him get less rich, I guess. Or have bad stuff happen to him. Like, Yeah, give him like brain damage. Mm-hmm. So now he's like the underdog again. <laughs> he's like weak. Yeah, he's got brain damage. You better keep boxing. Well, just like he can't like fight the same, like he can't take as much damage. So you know, it's like he's got to take it easy, but he's still got to win. It's weird because they're like inconsistent about it too. Because in Rocky two, or maybe Rocky three, they say like he's taking so many hits to the head that if he gets punched in the same spot again, he'll go blind and he like can't see out of one eye as well. But then that's just like forgotten in the fourth yeah. one where he fights a guy that can punch like five times as hard as any other human on earth. It's like hooked up to machines and scientists are testing him. He's just this incredible superhuman specimen. You know, he recovered enough over the uh, the years before that. I I guess he was. I I don't know. He's pretty much fighting consistently. Yeah, though. I feel like there isn't a huge so. gap in those movies. Like it's kind of one consistent thing. It, it's weird because he's like retires at the end of each of those movies too. So. Like, he's just, like, retiring, and then he's like, I'm going to start training again probably fight pretty soon. <laughs> ah, Gotta buy those robots. They're delightful, though. I mean, Rocky, you know, redefined what a montage could be, especially Rocky Four, which I think, like, 45 minutes of which is montage. It's almost just an entire movie-log montage. And yeah, Rocky One is like the great underdog movie of all time. Best picture winner. <laughs> it didn't deserve it, but just saying. It's impressive. To someone. And it's got Bubkiss the dog. Everybody likes him. Bubkiss! Fan favorite. And the meat! And the meat! <laughs> I have an action figure of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> was it just the meat that came in the package? It's just the meat. Really? So yeah, I got it. <laughs> what if that's worth anything? Oh, I should have kept it in this package. So just like encased in plastic and with the cardboard flap, it's just meat. Did you just say the meat on the package? They made like every yeah, they made like every character. Like I think it was Jack specific, and they make like wrestling figures, and they're like 
Some of they got the Rocky property, and they're like, let's make every single character. That's why I have like Paulie. Let's make a uh, Hulk Hogan. What are his characters? Oh yeah, Thunderlips. Thunderlips. <laughs> yeah. They made everybody. Do they make Paulie's robot? Oh god, I don't think so. That would have been sweet. <laughs> Polly. He only has one scene, right? Do you show up in more I than one like scene? I feel like he's in more movie? than one scene. Yeah, he is in more than one scene. Okay. And they switch it to a female voice. And then they do like a it's like a nagging wife joke for Polly later. Anyway, uh, speaking of nagging, how about those Spider-Man movies, right? Ugh, just nagging at you. The yeah, movies? Do we need to talk yeah. about these? They're not that cool. What? They kind of look like they kind of look like Power Rangers in hindsight. <laughs> kind of. Are we, ta- are we so we're connecting all Spider-Man movies? All Spider-Man movies. Oh no, that means the bad ones outweigh the good ones, right? That's well, true. Spaghettios. Too bad because the second the one's really good. The second one's really First good. One's pretty First good one's pretty good. First one's pretty good. Third one's it's so good. <laughs> so, so good. good. <laughs> That's funny. There are some good things about the third one. Like, J.K. Simmons is pretty good in the third one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And remember that scene where Sandman is, like, forming together and it's got really sad music? Mm-hmm. And he, like, tries to pick up the locket, but he can't. Mm-hmm. That's a good scene. It's like a Sam Raimi scene you have stupid in a movie that doesn't feel like a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. But, no, the Tover Gray stuff sucks and the James Franco stuff really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that, like, that James Franco stuff, like, it just culminates in that stupid scene with the butler... Where he's like, I claim the wound that man died by his own blade. It's it, instead of like him working it out on his own or like having a good scene with Peter Parker. It's just like Deus Ex Butler. That's that's weird. It's like fuck you, Butler. Why didn't you say this shit three years ago? <laughs> I claim the wound. Do they get anyone notable to play that character? <laughs> Weird Butler in Spider-Man Three. I doubt it. They should have got someone good, like Charles Heston. <laughs> He's a good one for you to go out on, Chuck. <laughs> this is the Butler. <laughs> He's making great Butler. But yeah, as great as Spider-Man, I like. I remember seeing Spider-Man one in theaters and being like, "Fuck, how am I gonna see this movie again as soon as possible?" Because <laughs> it, it was like 2002, and I didn't have the power to just make that happen. But yeah, it was so good. <laughs> I saw Spider-Man two on a camping trip, and to this day, I was like, "That's one of my favorite days camping." <laughs> so we just like drove an hour into the nearest town and saw Spider-Man two. I went to a Chinese buffet, and I was like, fuck camping. This is the life. <laughs> this is camping. This is camping. Now this is camping. Oh, no. Before we get to that, we have to talk about Star Trek, John. Star Trek, the film franchise. So much. So much. As usual, I have to ask the question, what's the worst one? Um, probably five. What about Generations? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say Generations is the worst because it, it just kind of ruins everything. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch Generations. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, let's go with Generations. This is the worst one. <laughs> I guess there's some interesting stuff to Star Trek V. Star Trek Generations is just a load of shit. <laughs> it's weird because you don't think of it like that when you're a kid, though. You just think, yeah, Kirk and Picard together at last. Finally, I'm so excited. <laughs> And wharfs in it, and they pretend to be on an old timey boat in the beginning. Yeah, because remember, Star Trek: The Next Generation is all about the holodeck. They're just like sailing. It's fucking stupid. They come out. They're like still wearing their costumes. There's a lot of questions about like what's real and what isn't real in that hologram room. But Star Trek 1 is passable. Star Trek 2, amazing. Star Trek The Motion Picture is passable? Isn't it? No, it sucks. It's terrible. It's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's like, it's fun to, at least for me, the way I watch it. It's like watching a screensaver. (laughs) 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 Doing something else while watching it. Yeah, like for you, me, it was, for me, it was fun just to see the production value go from watching the original series to that. It's like whoa, whoa. I guess they just assume everybody would be so impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly that what they did. Nothing had to happen in the movie. That was their, their whole production was like, let's just impress people with models. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the idea of. Like, what happens at the end? It just takes way too long to get there. Like, if you can just get past how boring it is, it's like a pretty great movie. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, but then Star Trek 2, I mean, come on, it's the best. Uh, Star Trek 3, it's got some parts. The Star Trek 4 is like, what if Star Trek was funny? That's my favorite one. It's pretty good. It, it works. Very, very warmly received on our time travel podcast. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Star Trek Five is weird and dumb. Uh, six would be the one I, I don't feel, really remember at all. I feel like I liked Star Trek Five. You like the part where they sing "Row, row, row your boat." I can't remember. <laughs> I like start. I like six though. I remember yeah. liking six. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember six really at all. But uh, they like go on the ship and shoot them in this. Yeah. Like their weird blood comes out. It's like super CG blood. It looks really bad. <laughs> That's the good stuff. It's the one where they like kill like a Klingon and yeah. then they get put on trial. Yeah, and Worf is in it as Worf's like grandfather. Yeah, it's weird. So much Worf. People love Worf. He's a big deal. Okay, let's go. Dorn Master General. I thought Shaw was going to go through all of them. Generation sucked. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation. The first one was First Contact. It was... eh. It's scary. It's not part of it as a kid. It's scary. Um, I want to say Insurrection was the next one. That's the one where... They were like, you know what we're doing with these is we're making fucking dumbass action movies. <laughs> um, 
And so they have like scenes where Picard's like, no, no, we draw the line here. We will go no further. It's like, oh, this is different from like the guy who talks about like what Shakespeare was really writing about and wants to use diplomacy to solve everything and is afraid to kill bacteria because he respects all life. Uh, and then there would be Nemesis with Tom Hardy as a young Patrick Stewart, uh, but otherwise not worth remembering. Um, Star Trek 2009 is pretty sweet, though. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're into that whole alternate timeline thing. Sure. And then Into Darkness was disappointing, but, you know, fine. And Simon Pegg's making that third one, because... Just like in Mission Impossible, he plays like a minor character that kind of became the breakout, like co-lead in the second one. New one comes out next year. Be careful, everyone. Star Trek Beyond. Oh yeah, I forgot it has a lame title. <laughs> For that reason, I'm taking Star Trek franchise off the list. Star Wars. Uh. Uh, Star Wars is our like free bingo card, right? Like we don't need to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> I've been just like googling stuff about Star Wars this whole time. So yeah, that, we have a problem. Sure. I feel like we've already talked about Star Wars quite a bit, just in in the pockets of other conversations. Can't escape Star Wars. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 It is the black hole sucking us in, stretching us out, pulling our brains into our feet. Oh, you want to talk about Terminator, Matthew Carsons? I'm so ashamed. You did not see Janai Sice? I did not see Janai Sice. It's disappointing. I feel like you're one of the biggest Terminator fans. Yeah, I'm a pretty big ever. Terminator fan. <laughs> I watched everything. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. I did a did the TV show. It's pretty good. Ends weird because it just ends, but. It's fun. <laughs> Anyone else? I think I've only seen the first one like twice. But I think it's okay. That's all you need to see the first one. It's uh, pretty, let's see pretty the, sweet. Let's see the second one like all the time. The second one's important. Third, Third one. one's great action comedy. It's <laughs> <laughs> unintentional action comedy. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, though. I watch that deleted scene all the time. <laughs> Hi! I'm Sergeant William Candy. Hey, he looks like me. That's how Arnold's <laughs> supposed to talk. Yeah, but there's that board guy in the boardroom. He's like, we can fix it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that nerd is the one who's killing <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Ugh. Wonderful. Is Terminator 3, like, okay enough that, like, they might as well have just put that seat in? Like, it would have made yeah. it more fun. Oh, yeah. I don't think oh, it would have yeah. made much of a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have been way better. <laughs> okay. Because there's some great gags. Like, when he walks... Like, he gets his clothes from a male strip club. Mm-hmm. And he walks out with the sunglasses that are, like, stars. Mm-hmm. And then there's that scene where, like, the one makes her breasts bigger. Like the billboard, because she can. That's the only way she can blend in. Do you think it's kind of backpedaling how, like, the second one is like liquid, but then the third one it's like metal and liquid? 
Doesn't really make any sense. Seems like liquid's like the best. Yeah. It's, it's like liquid that can turn into machine guns. The, the, the problem. I guess, I guess if you can turn it into machine guns. <laughs> Whatever sense that makes. Like, and if you make it hot. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the problem with the, every Terminator sequel, right? Is that they they take it like as far as it could possibly go. So at the end of it, you're like, well, shit. What could we possibly do now? Well, I don't know, Sean. I haven't seen the new one. Well, I can spoil it for you, Nancy. They're like, flip the switch, restart it all, make it stupid. It's like pseudo remake with apps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I think it's still going, though. I think they're still going to do another one. Yeah, I admit it like made a billion dollars in China. So. <laughs> <laughs> they make it really like, they just pro released China. It in China. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a smart play. Well, we didn't talk about Terminator Salvation. So. so everyone is better off. Anyway, the last movie on our list is the X-Men franchise, which I remain a fan of in spite of John going, I think it's a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Think what's a bad idea? To continue it? Yeah, they keep going and bringing in, like, weird X-Men. Such a fucking mess at this point. (laughs) I mean, like, no, like... I mean, like, like the last one, like, I know people liked it, but it's like Wolverine's, like, kind of the main character for, like, part of the movie, but then he's, like, just kind of hanging out for, like, the last 20 minutes. (laughs) Yep. It keeps switching between all these different times, and I can't focus on anything. Those movies fit together terribly, too. Like as sequels, <laughs> oh, yeah. like they don't connect at all. Well, they connect, but they're inconsistent when you try to think through the connection. Like how um, Patrick Stewart is shown in the past being able to walk, but then James McAvoy is already in a wheelchair. But he has hair, so he's not Patrick Stewart yet. Uh, I'm getting confused. My brain's starting to hurt. Uh, But, yeah, that first X-Men movie kind of came out of nowhere, and it was awesome. And now, I'm not sure it really holds up. Yeah, we were watching it the other night. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It's pretty okay. (laughs) Hey, guys. I feel like I watched it, like... A year and a half ago, that was, was pretty bad. Hey, Nancy. Uh. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? <laughs> what? The same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> which is, it gets blasted off by, you know, kung fu wires. Like a thousand <laughs> yards. It's cool when Wolverine does that thing where he, like, hooks his claws into that... <laughs> into the <laughs> Statue of Liberty and he, like, spins around. Yeah, he saves himself from falling. Yeah. <laughs> it's also sweet when he uses his claws to to give the finger to the uh, the male detective. <laughs> so funny. Oh, when the senator turns to goop. Yep, the senator turns to goop. <laughs> That's certainly memorable. That guy just like <laughs> going through this weird crisis. <laughs> it's pretty fun to watch. You know, I gotta watch the second one now because I gotta see if that one holds up. I want to say that one probably holds it's up. It's gotta hold up. It has the scene when the Ice Man cools down a bottle of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why. I and then I watch the third one. You know, I'm fun. honest. I'm being a little honest when I bring that up because I do love 
like the little touches of reality of like these guys have their powers all the time and they're they're free it doesn't like ex- they don't exert themselves using them so yeah he would probably do I shit like, that like cool too. down them nice glass of Dr. Pepper even though if you learned anything from Blast in the Past warm Dr. Pepper is the way to drink it Blast in the Past always gotta give a shout out to Blast in the Past Christopher Walker yeah. on the list or not yeah. uh, watch that again it wasn't as good as that on the list or X-Men probably not right Probably. How come X Men's probably not the Fast and Furious? Is like, oh, definitely. Because <laughs> Sean's like so fucking upset. Because <laughs> to me, like, even though the movies aren't as great as these other franchises, it's like to me that's what a franchise should be. Just getting better. Yeah. Fast and Furious is just like weird to me. Like, I feel like when we watched like the last one and they have that montage at the end that's showing you all these like clips from the other movies. It's like they're trying to trick me into like oh these have all been good memories like until the <laughs> fifth one they all got consistently pretty bad reviews just kind of funny that they're trying to trick me into thinking it's a lot better than it is but the first one's fine and the third one is oddly good not according to critics depends on which critics you ask I'm just using hot tomatoes so what on here do we want to get rid of I think we have 11 right yes so I would nominate the Terminator franchise. Yeah, probably it's really just one. <laughs> Sorry, Terminator. It's one of the best themes that's done yeah. by like no one I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. Usually that stuff's done by like the big. Oh, well, it's basically like one rhythm. At least who even did that? Was it this guy? I remember watching like. Making of, and the guy was like, Yeah, I was like in my garage. And James Cameron was like, Do some sweet. Was, like, <laughs> was he like knocking on the garage door and it's going, chug, 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 chug. Yeah, he, he did that when he was frustrated. He's like, I can't think of anything. He's just like punching it. Oh, that's it. So, Star Wars number one. Some guy named Brad. Even though like half of them are bad and half of them are good. Hey, three of them are good. You know what made the cut? Is Mad Max real good? I think that's probably number ten, right? I mean, I don't give a shit about Harry Potter or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, well, shit be given for that, but I could put Harry Potter at ten. Sounds good. Okay, it's for babies and girls. We're bad. We grew up with them. We're like the same age as those actors. I know, but I stopped watching. <laughs> so I didn't grow up with them. I mean, I did in theory, but... In theory. It didn't matter. Time applied to you and them yeah. in the same way. We were both human schooling at the same time. I go Mad Max next since I haven't seen any. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, you haven't seen fun. any? No. Oh man. At least see the new one. Well, I, I want to see them all. They, they don't. There's not like a story. They don't connect. <laughs> I know. I know. I just like. Just see the second one and the and the most oh, recent. There's one. There's no way in hell I'm doing this. <laughs> this is the, the franchise mind. Yeah, gotta, I gotta, gotta consume gotta it all. Him. Yeah, in order. Uh-huh. I think some people actually argue that Fury Road is technically like this the second one chronologically. Uh, how about Lethal Weapon? Sure. Yep. That's part of the Mad Max franchise. 
Um, so number seven, then. Number right. seven. I mean, I don't know how, like, high up you want Fast and Furious. But I'm... we could put... We could put Marvel next. I'd rather have... Hey, what about Batman, right? <laughs> Some of those are bad. Do kind of just want to put Marvel lower down just to piss off Sean. <laughs> right? Does everybody else feel that way? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty funny. I like Batman more than Marvel, I think. Sure. Would it be Fast and Furious next, then? How is Fast and Furious not number 10? Because <laughs> Sean like, likes it that much. It like, bumps up Okay, I'll put it at 7. What do you want next? Marvel. Right. Lord of the Rings or Marvel or something. Lord of the Rings. Uh, I don't know. Rocky's not. Going right from my heart. Right. <laughs> hey, one of the ones Sean likes. Those are all <laughs> things Sean likes. Okay, well, maybe this is one of the ones where we start from number 1 being Star Wars, and we just... I assume James Bond is number two, right? Seems like a pretty good choice. Right, so... We have just Marvel, Rocky, Lord of the Rings, and Batman to put in an order. I go three... I mean, I don't really like it third most, but I guess Lord of the Rings? No, Batman! Yeah, okay, Batman. I was just trying to throw a shot. <laughs> so you, you, you don't weigh Batman down by the... the Three bad ones. For me, it's it's more like I like more than the movies. Like I like a lot of the comics. I like a lot of the. I feel like that's part of the franchise. Oh, but we're not talking about just franchises. We're talking about film franchises. Oh, movies. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I really like. I even like Dark Knight Rises a lot. Okay, and I, okay. I like I like the old Batman movies. That, you know, even the bad ones are pretty fun because they got Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know? What's cool about Batman is you got the new ones that are good, and then you also have like nostalgia for the old weird ones because they've been around long enough. Yet you can you, like it in that way too. I see what you did there. Right, that order works for me. Yeah, that's fine. So, our t- um, I know, I built up the mystery, so now when I read the list, you'll be like, what, what's going to be the middle one? So, our top ten movie franchises. Number ten, Harry Potter. Number nine, Mad Max. Number eight, Lethal Weapon. Number seven, Fast and the Furious. Number six, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Number five, The Lord of the Rings. Number four, Rocky. Number three, Batman. Number two, James Bond, 007. And number one, Star Wars. Of course. I mean, come on. Come on. Who you, it's us. Let's not... Let's not pretend. Um, so, I hope you think about this when you pre-order tickets to the next James Bond and Star Wars movie. This will come out in the next few weeks. And Rocky movie. And there will be a Rocky movie. Excited is that for this Creed? Year? I think is that it this is year? This next year. year? And then there'll be uh, Batman next year. Lord of the Rings is over, but Marvel will be around next year, too. And Fast and the Furious isn't far off. Lethal Weapon's over. Probably another Mad Max coming. And they are definitely doing another Harry Potter movie that sounds like a horrible mistake. So there's a reason the top ten franchises, they basically won't die. Except for Lethal Weapon, <laughs> number eight. <laughs> Um, thank you for listening. You can find us online at mildlyplease.com and on iTunes if you search for Mildly Please. Um, and we will see you 
Never. We will never see you. But we will speak to you next time. I know why you want to hate me. Cause hate is all the world has ever seen lately.